production of next season sports media. welcome into the good nfl's podcast the most ambitious crossover in podcasting history i'm drew wade joined today by two stalwarts of the game brandon swan and jacob wilkinson so what we're wanting to do today is just get into just kind of get back into the podcasting game i don't know if you guys have noticed but it's been a couple months since either podcast has been posted um yeah. So just want to get into it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, just want to get into some general sports talk. Um, we wanted to hit we we wanted to hit basketball as well as football and some other sports and other stuff sprinkled in there. But Brendan, there hasn't really been anything noteworthy in the past couple of weeks in basketball to talk no, about. I, feel I mean, like. NBA wise, well, has anything happened at all? You know, I, I, I can think, think so. of a few things. Um, personally, I've been thrilled with basketball as of late. I, <laughs> I was yeah. You've been playing. You've been playing a lot. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, I'm out playing maybe five times a day. I mean, a week. Oh my goodness! Imagine. Oh my goodness! Aaron <laughs> Gordon numbers in his 2K17 house. Now I'm like I'm out playing like five times a week and I'm watching a lot. Browsing r slash NBA. Browsing r slash Denver Nuggets. Just up in the juice. I think like. I went to find the earliest mention of the Nuggets doing well on an NFL's episode from last season that I had, and it was November. So I, like, for most of the season, was pretty excited about the opportunities that they had. But it wasn't really until I really started getting into the mix of it during the playoffs and paying attention to every team that I appreciated just how complete of a program this is. It's like it almost makes me return to the Broncos with even more pessimism after seeing how functional <laughs> the, the Denver Nuggets are. I think, like, I don't necessarily follow every sport extremely closely, but it, it seems to me like there isn't really a team in North America that is functioning at the level of efficiency that the Nuggets were, at least during this postseason. I think, like, they have, like, the same seven dudes play pretty much all the time. They all know their roles extremely well. They, I think, like, it, it, for me, it, the last few years have been just sort of, t- like, teetering on really getting invested because, like, it, it seemed like the, the Nuggets should have been in this point of dominance ever since I, like, really started paying attention during the bubble and ever since, like, Jokic started getting a bunch of recognition and the back-to-back MVPs and all that. But, like... We had, you know, all these locker room culture issues and Jamal was injured for his couple of years. But now that those things are out of the way, after this playoffs run, I I just am, like, extremely optimistic about this team's future and very excited about how dominant they looked uh, in this run. I don't want to, like, keep talking uninterrupted, but that's, I guess, just, like, my general beginning observation. I'm just very excited about that team right now. It is great. It is great to have you on, Jacob, because I needed someone else so that I could swing the numbers in the Embiid versus Jokic talk, which oh I know gosh. Drew loves based Me, on his face. Should have been three-time MVP, Nikola Jokic, by far oh. the best player in the league. He elevates his team way more than any other player. And you know what? Maybe that's what the Broncos need. You know, you need Nikola out there slinging the ball I, on the football field. Honestly, he could probably throw it farther than Russell Wilson <laughs> yeah. at this point. I think there's a lot of things in the in the Nuggets franchise that the Broncos need really bad. It was really funny because I watched um, three of the finals games with my dad, and we were just kind of giggling about 
how many Broncos were at all of the home games. Like, they just came out in droves to all of the home games, and it was just like, <laughs> we just kept laughing about how they need to be taking notes, honestly, because it was just like, everybody on the court looked very inspired, and, um, you like, I think, like, sort of the de facto, like, slogan for this run was, like, be excited for the next guy. Like, they keep saying that in their interviews. I think that that's something that, like, Malone drills home pretty hard, and, um, like, that's something that's been honestly missing a lot from the Broncos in general. Not necessarily that there's, like, dissatisfaction with each other, but just, like, it's just been, like, a collection of young guys who could be something more, who have never really, like, added it up to be even the sum of their parts, let alone, like, something greater than that, and that's, like, absolutely what <laughs> the Nuggets were during this run. I think the coolest thing was how... During the finals, after every game, like, looking online, there was a new member of the team that everybody wanted to talk about pretty badly. Like, after game one, Bruce Brown was getting a lot of recognition and... Uh, Deservingly. Deservingly. And game, game three, like, was the two 30-point triple-doubles and the 30-20-10, as well as, like, Christian Brown having his insane performance that everybody wanted to talk about. And then after game four, everybody was talking about Aaron Gordon. In game five, KCP was playing out of his mind. And, like, uh, Michael Porter Jr., who had really not found any success at all in the series, had, like, completely shifted roles defensively and, like, played his best game of the series as well. And I think it just, like, everybody on that team functions so well and is really excited about getting in there and getting minutes and, and getting numbers on the board. And, um, and I don't know. I just, I really enjoy watching this run. I'm happy you mentioned that because some guys that won a title there Ish Smith now is a championship winner. Deandre Jordan is now a championship winner. Jeff oh green goodness, is now dude. a championship winner. I mean, how awesome is that? A quick shout out to the Miami heat. It was a great run by them. Yeah. I mean, an eight seed making it to the finals. They were competitive in every well, game with Denver. True. Sure. Yeah, all those undrafted guys. Caleb Martin's gonna go get a bag, especially this summer. Duncan Robinson is now an NBA player again, uh, despite well, being the butt of every joke. If he misses the shot, he's always the butt of the joke. But he shot really well in the playoffs. You got to say yeah. that he did. Um, he had that moment in Game Six against the Celtics where he missed like two threes <laughs> that yes. like would have won them that game, and it was like, oh no, this is gonna be like. It reminded me a lot of like Danny Green missing a shot in the 2020 finals. Like, I hope this doesn't come back to bite them, and it didn't. So, because <laughs> I remember yeah. Danny Green was like getting death threats after that game. When they <laughs> lost. <rough. laughs> I was hoping the same didn't happen for him. But it, yeah, the the Heat in this playoff run were like a classic example of just playing to your competition because they were literally losing to the Bulls with like four minutes left in that play-in game. They almost didn't make it to the actual playoff tournament. And then yeah. they ended up making it all the way to the finals. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, a great run. I mean, it was a wide open East this year and they took it. Yeah, sure was. Sure <laughs> was. Could have been, could have been lots of other teams from the East in the finals this year, but and we don't have to we, talk about that. <laughs> something we texted about was that this Miami team, and who knows, you know, maybe they get a player over the summer, but this has been a great team for four straight years. They had the best record uh, in the East last year were the one seed, yeah. didn't make it. They were the uh, Eastern Conference champions in the bubble year. This was a good team for a couple of years, and this was probably their last chance, provided they don't get a young star. So, 
They'll never be in the history books. Well, they get uh, an older star. Might, uh, <laughs> might, might I think that that's what they're hoping will bit. happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, we'll see. But, rumors? Oh, who are you talking about specifically? Dame. Oh. Apparently, they are like Dame. And I know Dame is back on his, you know, I don't want to leave Portland. He's still not running from the grind. This man will never run from the grind. So don't even like well, mention that to him. But as we're recording this, uh, the Blazers just drafted Scoot Henderson at number three. We'll mm-hmm. see how long he is a Blazer. Uh, but I've already seen the edits of him in the Blazers jersey. So he's a Blazer for life. Uh, that being said, in. if you trade Dame and you get back some combination of Hero, Robinson, and Martin, who I really like the most of those Miami guys. I think you have a good roster over here in Portland to build around the young guys, and you can keep Simons and still have the scoring from him while you still have Sharp and then Henderson. That's a good defensive team with Martin. So I I don't know. It's interesting to me as a Blazers fan because I don't think this team is going to win anything. But there are some rumors going around, Drew. Yeah, would you like to get into uh, some of those other rumors that maybe don't end up with uh, Scoot staying on the team? Maybe let's wait until the end because it could happen while we were okay, recording this yeah, podcast. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> that would be so, cool. Live Scoot trade. <laughs> yeah, that may happen. <laughs> See what occurs. I think um, looking at like the Western Conference right now, it seems like the Suns certainly seem to be trying to like force it all in the next couple of years. They're definitely going big or going broke. It's like blowing into the second They're going game broke, there. for yeah, sure. Yeah, going broke, I mean, for sure. <laughs> they're going to have five players on their roster next year because they can't yeah, afford anybody else. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think um, the Grizz also seem to be like a team that's coming together pretty well right now. And like... I know a lot of people are talking about like the Spurs and the Thunder like in the future as being like teams to watch out for in the conference, but it just sort of seems like, oh yeah, and also I guess GSW is like telling people they're trying to like make one more run at it with this core. So like there let's, are like, let's get into Golden State real while you're yeah. while you're on that because of that trade that just happened today. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Paul got sent to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. Some other stuff was involved in the trade as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really... I kind of don't understand it that much. Like, what are they... Yeah. Are they going to have Steph and Clay and Chris Paul all on the floor at the same time? Yes. So, um, like, my understanding is just from reading around up? online... Sorry. Go I was just going to say, my understanding from reading around online was that, like... All three of the guys have been putting out a lot of conditionals about next year being like a, a real run for the core. And Steph was upset that they've never had actual talent to take over for him when he's gone onto the bench. So maybe they're looking at CP3 as being like a sixth man for the team. Like I think is sort of like what the talk is right now. That could be uh, possible. I mean, you really want him healthy for the playoffs, but yeah. I, I think it works fine. I mean, because Steph works so good off the ball. And yeah, yeah, that's what I was is thinking. So good on ball. But then, like, I don't know, that's going to be some really small lineups if you do have all three of those guys on the floor at the same time. <laughs> yeah, somebody sure. on Reddit said after that Lakers series, they were like, we need to get older and smaller. That's what It's very interesting, especially with the Draymond situation. We don't know where he's going to end up. 
I think yes. that Draymond is definitely going to stay, especially now that Jordan Poole is gone, because it seems <laughs> like... <laughs> it, it, I'm guessing that that was like one of his conditionals for staying around, and it seems like with the trades that they've been making, they're looking to like do one more, like one last ride for this for this core that they've been with, you know, for so long at this point. Uh, I, but I do, I wouldn't be surprised if like a bunch of other teams come knocking. I know that there was some talks about like the Grizzlies sending him an offer, which I think is really funny because I know that he like kind of hates that team. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see them break up. But my understanding is that is definitely not what the front office is trying to make happen right now and that they think they could challenge this conference. But I just really don't see us letting up our grip, at least for the next couple of years, honestly. I mean, like, Bruce Brown is the only real question mark of this offseason for us. I think, like, he super deserves to go get a bag at another team if he wants to make that decision and that, uh, you know, it'd be fine. But, you know, he himself has said the money isn't everything and like teased it out like one last year at the parade. And I, I know that like we would have plenty of cap space to actually keep him and maybe even plug him into like a, a real starting role and not just being our fifth man, like a couple years down the road. But, you know, I think especially after like the smart trade today, I've seen a lot of people say like, you know, Team-friendly deals are always going to come back to bite you. And so, like, I'm even sort of thinking, like, even though we seem like a team that's very friendly to its players, that, like, Bruce Brown deserves to go get that bag if he wants to. But pretty much everybody else is around for a while now. We have, like, a bunch of trade picks. I mean, a bunch of, like, trade capital. I mean, draft capital that we've gotten through trades. Like, just in the last couple of days, we've been, like, trading up in this draft and going for the next couple of years. And, um... So I don't know. I, I think that, like, there are a lot of, like, looming threats in the conference that, like, would like to think that they could challenge it. But at least for right now, it's hard for – I mean, obviously I'm biased, but, like, I, I want to believe that this is the beginning of, of a big dynasty for this team. Yeah, well, yeah. Jokic is at that age. He's 28. He's entering, you know, this, his team just won the first title. I, I can't imagine that – what do you, would you say, Drew, two and a half on Nuggets championships? Would be the over under if we did the long term line. Yeah. Because I yeah, think they're going to get another one. I think they'll get one more at least. And then I don't know. I feel like once you get further down the line, it's harder and harder to keep the core together. Um, even with all the winning and camaraderie. Because at, at some point, it's like they're going to get, they're all going to get very expensive to keep all on the same team. So, um, but well, if Michael Porter Jr. keeps playing like he did, then he'll stay cheap. Yeah. And, uh, I can't imagine Aaron Gordon on another team after how amazing he's been. I mean, he's going to get a statue if he stays in Denver with the way he plays. It's just yeah. a perfect fit with Jokic. It literally couldn't be better. And, you know, in that game four when Jokic had all the foul problems, Gordon finished the game at center for them and was phenomenal that entire yeah. game. So... The, that core four is just unbelievable, and then you add in KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Braun, and those are players you can find if you lose one or two. So as long as they keep that four together, I think they'll be strong. Yeah, I think so too, especially just because all of those other guys have like plugged in so quickly to their role. And like I, um, I was just looking into earlier today like how unbelievably successful the drafting machine for this team has been in the last decade. Like Crazy. Yeah, I think, like, the the Jokic pick, like, is obviously already being, like, especially after they won this championship, a lot of 
sites have called that like one of the greatest draft steals in like the NBA history. I think even outside of that though, like Murray at seventh has been arguably like the best player of his draft class so far. Maybe not necessarily like as an individual player because there was you know. Uh, Ingram and Jalen Brown ahead of him who have both had like decent solo careers but if you want to talk about like who plugged into their program that they were drafted by like he was certainly the most successful I think so far from that class MPG was drafted like behind like 10 who's essentially in his class Um, and then even like last year Christian Brown was taken in like 20 21st I think so like they really are just extremely successful at like finding also one more uh, Monty Morris like who we had for up until like last year was part of the deal for Ish Smith who solved our culture problem and KCP so like basically every guy that we draft like has returned some huge success for us so I I think that that's like the most endearing part for me at the very least like even if it were to break down to just like Murray and, and Jokic eventually, I, I still feel like we could find new MPGs, new Aaron Gordons. Also, I just wanted to mention um, Aaron Gordon was partying all night in Denver, like blocks away from Ball Stadium. There was like video of him at like nine in the morning hanging out with Nuggets fans, like waiting in line to get breakfast in downtown Denver. Dude was just like out getting drunk with Nuggets fans like all night long. He, he's he's awesome. Yeah, he's he's a Denver legend already for sure. Must be nice to feel that uh, good about the way your basketball team's being run. Right. Um, <laughs> Get a championship I, with your superstar. Wow. Who would have thought? Uh, couldn't be. Couldn't be either of us. <laughs> that's for sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, but there's always, there's always like so <laughs> there's always next year. <laughs> Can't wait to lose the Celtics in the playoffs again next year. <laughs> but um, Porzingis is gonna Por- dunk on. No, no shot. Okay, he's gonna get like absolutely bodied by Embiid every game. I'm more worried about 90 year old Al Horford <laughs> guarding Embiid than Porzingis. So is Embiid. Um, I've heard he has. I know. He literally, like, you could see it in this series, like early on, like he was really getting in his head about it. But um, some other uh, while we're on the Celtics, they were obviously part of that trade today involved getting Kristaps and sending away Marcus Smart. I feel like Marcus Smart on the Grizzlies is just like better Dylan Brooks. Like, yeah, pretty much was my thoughts about that. So, yeah, I think so too. Definitely going to help them out. Um, I, I saw like makes a, them tough. A yeah. meme that said like. The Grizz finally had the player that Dylan Brooks thought he was. For that yeah, team. pretty much. <laughs> uh, I have heard. I've heard a lot of people saying like maybe, like some of the trash that will wash up on the Phoenix Shore could involve Dylan Brooks and like Russ on a vet's men, and I just think that 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 would be such an unbelievably chaotic roster. I would kind of, I kind of have to watch it, honestly. I think it'd be the, the, the worst possible Katie and Russ reunion. I think. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that happens. <laughs> They're finally going to win a ring together. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't know how he plays with anybody. Like he's a net negative to every player he plays with, but he did have a good playoff run this year. Russell Westbrook. He was really good yeah. for the Clippers this year. When both guys got hurt, he was he was the best player on the team this playoff run. So there's still something in the tank. That being said, the the Suns are going to be good. 
So I know we're kind of clowning on them, but they're going to be very good this year that, with this Bradley Beal trade that, that yeah. just happened. Sure, I mean, the money's going to be tight, but, I mean, who is guarding those three guys? That is the best trio of scorers I've ever seen, other than maybe yeah. the Brooklyn KD teams with yeah. Kyrie. I guess those are better, but young Devin Booker, I would say, is better than Harden and Kyrie on those teams. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Suns are going to be really good. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Score a million points. Yeah. Yeah. I just and they still they have Aiden as a trade piece. They're going to be very fragile, obviously. I think that that's like probably what's already been said the most about them so far. But especially not just like injury prone wise, but also like what Drew said earlier. They're. Their contracts are, like, so unbelievably top-heavy. It's hard for me to imagine what, like, non-KD, non-Booker lineups are going to look like for this team. You know, like, Russ is, like, a wild-card six-man could be interesting in, in that aspect. But I think, like, it's just hard for me to imagine them looking competent at all when they're not just, like... It, I mean, just sort of looking at the Phoenix Suns series that we just saw against the Nuggets, like, the two games that they were able to take off of us were just... Booker being, like, unbelievably the best three-point shooter in the game by, like, a mile, and nobody else could keep up with that. And it's, like, when they find that energy, with, like, with Beal there is... I, I just feel like adding Beal to that concoction is just going to be, like, they're going to be looking for that energy even more. But I wonder, like, what the games where that's not happening is going to look like for them at, at this point. Because it's, it seems sort of one-dimensional. Maybe maybe it'll work out, but... Yeah, I mean, they have a couple guys I like. I, I still like a Kogi. I still like... Jock Landale, who played some big minutes like early in the year and then back in the playoffs. So I don't know. They'll fill, they'll figure it out. They'll find the roster. It's new owner syndrome, part of it, you know, these names mm, yeah. and trying to get the best players you have you're right. that are available. I think they pulled the trigger a little early on Beal because I bet there was a chance they could have got Dame, but oh, you know, yeah, Beal played with KD though Dame. on that 2016 USA team, so. I know they're kind of close, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I do like Beal, though. I think he's become very underrated as a player. Yeah, I feel like it's hard not, to, hard not to happen when you're playing on a team like the Wizards that just has no desire to do anything whatsoever. Um, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of people clowning on the Wizards about that contract they gave Beal last year, like, here, take all this money, and we'll give you a no-trade clause. <laughs> so yeah. they basically got nothing yeah. for him because of that. Um now they're just in the most obvious rebuilding situation in like all of professional sports almost mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. But... definitely it seems like i i remember like just basically every time i've been reading about a wizards deal that's happened recently people have said that it seems like they're getting fleeced but it's like they're basically just playing with <laughs> the worst stack deck ever and i have to deal with all these bad decisions of the front office before them before they can even start trying to make good decisions. And I think outside of that today, like with the way that we've seen that they ended up playing both sides of the, of the Chris Paul trade, it seems like this front office is much more competent than the last one and hopefully is able to have some sort of future. It's going to be like three more years of tanking before anything like that happens, though, I'm sure. I just feel like they could have got more for Kristaps than what they got. Like, yeah. They got like six second round picks and four first round pick swaps yeah and he's on an expiring deal i just i don't understand or, that at all that might have been the chris paul trade but yeah he and he had like the best year of his season this past year or best season of his career this past year there in go. terms of scoring yeah, yeah i got there <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're doing over there. Um, but I don't really care because the Wizards aren't a team I usually think about that much right. as being a threat or anything like that. So whatever you do, you I guess. They got Washington. They got Chris <laughs> Jones and the number thirty-five pick in this draft for Pingus. So that's nothing. Pennies, pennies, and he yeah. had some value. He played a lot of games this year. <laughs> so, so yeah. I don't know. I, they're trying to shake it up. I like that they got uh, JP Jordan Poole, but that's the only move I really like from them. They just traded uh, with whoever the Pacers picked at number seven. Somebody who was a teammate oh. of Wembenyama. They traded for. Oh. Him. I, I don't know anybody that plays basketball in France besides Victor, obviously, but uh, we'll see, I guess. That's interesting. He's gotten a lot of buzz. Um, Oh, Kulabali? Yeah, Kubali, I think is how you pronounce that. Yeah. A lot of people say he's going to be good, but I haven't, I don't know. I haven't watched him play enough, personally. I mean, the most notable thing about him, like in the draft announcement, was that he was Wembyana's teammate. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Here we go. Are we ready to move on to football talk? Yeah. Any other Jacob? Any other basketball topics you wanted to hit before we got into? I'm looking at my your favorite. <laughs> oh boy, I can't. Yeah, I'm essentially just stalling before I have to get to the bad stuff here. Honestly. Um, well, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the case. Oh, wait. I, I did just want to say real quick, just because I rarely get an opportunity to talk about basketball on a pod. Um, I thought it was interesting that during the finals, uh, Silver teased about expanding again, and it seems like Vegas has already pulled the trigger on building a stadium, which would make me think that they've heard that they're getting a team. Um, it seems like Seattle seems like a pretty obvious second person there what do you guys think about that i i think it seems i'm i'm always excited when any league expands honestly just because i think it's cool for more cities to get the opportunity to to watch professional sports and and root for local teams but um i'm curious like i don't know I don't, i'm not super familiar with the history of expansion teams in this league do you feel like they would be able to have the success that we've seen these two cities have like in the nhl recently for example well, typically they they suck unless you get like Shaquille O'Neal uh, if you're a new team in the NBA. But I mean, it'd be awesome for Seattle. We gotta have Seattle have a team. Yeah. I mean, the reason I'm a Blazers fan is because I used to be a Sonics fan over there, and they moved the team. Um, and then it's also interesting because the relocation is gonna happen with probably Memphis and New Orleans to the east, and. That's interesting just to see what teams are now going to be Eastern Conference teams because both both those teams are going to be Western Conference teams. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Memphis could dominate the East for a couple of years here. So I've seen some oh, people online I think it, be... they'd rather see the Timberwolves get sent over than the Grizzlies just because of how like closely bunched Memphis is with all those other cities. But what are you going to say? Mm. I was just gonna say I think it'll be funny that Ja recently said he's fine in the West, and then Adam <laughs> Silver's gonna be like, "Oh, are you? Okay, how about this? Send me. You're ready to speak Southern, buddy?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with I agree with Brendan. I think the that's getting the Super Sonics is is there. Um, 
Um, also, their uniforms are super cool. So from a personal standpoint, I'd like to see that happen. Uh, but yeah, that's true. They do have the we best uniforms. Become the Supersonics. I mean, it would be crazy not to, right? There's so much like love for that brand still in yeah. that city. I think, yeah. Also, I'm just pretty annoyed in general about teams moving to uh, Las Vegas. Not just one MLB. Uh, I guess we can talk about that more later. Maybe. You're I think Craig's trying to mute you. Yeah. Yeah, you're chunking, brother. That's cringe. I agree. <laughs> I agree that it's also cringe for teams to move to Las Vegas, though. I actually have it in, in my notes for this episode in the other sports section. I. I'm glad that Vegas's first championship was homegrown rather than moved there from Oakland. Um, it's, yeah. it's a, a lame way to go about becoming in a sports market, in my opinion. And I think that it's always pretty much like the biggest disconnect between the relationship that sports want to have with like capital and like the relationship that capital wants to have with sports uh, like comes when an owner rips a team away from the city that like that built it and like paid for its stadium with taxes and, and came out to all of its games and stuff like that. So yeah, it's always nice to see that be reversed. Um, so hopefully Seattle will be righted in that record. Yeah. We can talk about football now, I suppose. All right. <laughs> Elon Keep, Musk uh, put a team on Mars. Happy things. <laughs> Broncos country. Let's rush. Let's talk about Yay. some football here. Um, Jacob, football. let you open up the NBA. Let you open up with some positivity, I'm sure, about your goes as well. Yeah, man, I have. I really have no faith in this team right now. I think that, like, as, as the offseason has gone on, I've just sort of settled more into, like, I don't care about the Sean Payton move. I have no faith in Russ. Everything is a nightmare. I My dad swears that I'm, like, trying to not get my hopes up. And I think that there's certainly a case that that's happening. I, I have been in a relationship like that with the Broncos for a while now. It's just really hard for me to ever feel any degree of excitement for this team. But I, I, I especially, like I said earlier, it's hard not to draw comparisons to, like, the Nuggets having a coach who wants to win and cares about his franchise and has a good relationship with all of his players and the fact that, like, you know, like, Peyton certainly could be that, but I, that wasn't, like, extremely his brand in New Orleans from my perspective. And, you know, Denver has never had a coach like that, <laughs> like, at least not since, like, John Fox, um, which just, like, makes me... I, I'm just so numb to, like, the the excitement carousel of new coaches at this point. And I think that, like, Sean Payton stands much more to, like, ruin his whatever, uh, you, like, legacy he has with us rather than, like, <laughs> rebuild it. I think maybe the same could be said about Russ already. I, I think, like, the best things to look forward to next year is that we still have most of our young guys – we're going to have, like, all of the injuries from last year, namely, like, especially Jay Hamler is still sort of up in the air. Javante, though, as you said, is still sort of up in the air. Tim Patrick, I think, has been said to be coming back. So, like, mm -hmm. that's the best stuff we have to look forward to. I honestly don't really have any hope about the the Javante situation at this point uh, just because everything sucks for a Broncos fan. So, like, you know, if Sean Payton is, like, 
the level of coach that he was the year they won the Super Bowl, and Russ is the level of quarterback he was they won a Super Bowl, and Javante is back, and our whole wide receiving room is back. You maybe like some good things could happen, but I've wanted to see these pieces work together for so long, and it just feels like the Broncos are in this weird denial stage, like of not being like a rebuild program, and we keep trying to just make it work now, and then and it hasn't happened yet. So I don't really know why to expect that it's going to happen this year. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Well, if you've seen Russell Wilson's workout videos, I mean he's ready for any wet floor he comes across, or <laughs> anytime he's wearing socks on hardwood, you know, he's ready for all that. Um, I don't know if he's ready to play football this year, but he does look leaner. And, you know, he was a good quarterback not long ago. So we'll see. But that's my only thoughts. I just want to make that joke about Russell Wilson. (laughs) I think, like, you know, oh, there's a lot of people who said after last year there's, like, a practically 0% chance he ever plays, like, an elite quarterback again. What is an elite quarterback? I certainly think that there's... 14 quarterbacks that he, he could he has no shot of being better than next year but you know maybe that maybe that's fine I don't, I don't think that Peyton was necessarily like the greatest QB in the league when he won for us it's just always been about um having some someone with like any sort of IQ for the game and that was the thing that Russ seemed to be missing the most last year and maybe that was truly just Hackett being lost as a head coach you know there's a lot of different things you could point to and that maybe it's the fact that Tim Patrick was his favorite wide receiver like right up until the preseason and then dude got hurt and so like you know there's like I there's a lot of reasons why I understand that other Broncos fans are very hopeful for this season but like dude we were top five in Super Bowl odds last year like I'm never gonna be hyped for this team again man it's just not gonna happen Yeah, I mean, both your backs got hurt, too. I mean, well, one got hurt mentally, I guess. I don't know what happened, but Javante got hurt. <laughs> yeah, Gordon. I don't know what happened with Gordon, but <laughs> I think he just checked out on the team. I think the culture was just not there, and that was it's probably just a leadership thing from it being a new coach, which, you know, people really liked Hackett uh, going into that year, but... It just wasn't meant to be. But Peyton definitely is going to know what he's doing from day one. He's going to know how to get that team all on the right page. And I bet players like to play for a guy that's won a Super Bowl. So, Yeah, I feel like Packett last year kind of was like tried to be too much of a player coach and just kind of let Russ walk over him a little bit. Like there was all those reports about Russ having. That's not. Chunking Dude, that sucks. That's <laughs> a great point. Mhm. He's frozen. He is frozen. I thought he was frozen earlier. <laughs> fiber internet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's got fiber. <laughs> Allegedly. I heard. This is, this is Murfreesboro fiber, so we'll see. <laughs> Well, that was a great point by Drew, I gotta say. No, I think he is right. I mean, there were a lot of reports that Russ was, like, basically making all of the decisions and that Hackett was trying to be uh, yeah, a player's guy. I think, I mean, it makes sense that that would be the, the uh, 
feel for the coaching that he would have coming from being Aaron Rodgers OC because I'm guessing that Aaron Rodgers is a, is a very hands-on quarterback as far as like making plans goes but the truth is is that Denver doesn't need a coach like that there's a lot of ego and not a lot of results in that city right now in that program and um, the one thing that I will say I feel a little optimistic about with Peyton is that whenever he does like interviews he just sort of like always talks about Russ in a very like like he, he talked about um, at the SBs or the NFL awards, Russ sat down next to him and wanted to ask him all these ideas, like questions about ideas he had for the team next year. And uh, Joe Montana was sitting at the table with them, and like Payton, uh, Payton was just like bragging about completely blowing off Russ for the whole night to talk to like Joe <laughs> Montana instead, just like. He was like, one of you can be a legend, one of you is a legend. And that's like the the way he's talking to Russ. And I think that that's like certainly the leadership that we need in this team right now. So that is one thing that I'm a little optimistic about right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're not Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, at your best, you're a great playmaker, you know, great system quarterback, but you've always had a Marshawn Lynch type to help the team. So. Yeah. He's he's never done it really on his own. If you think about it, the Super Bowls they had the Legion of Boom and all that. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think like in the past, I, I mean, these are the things that I said last year. But he's shown at, at at his best, he's been an amazing scramble QB, like especially in the pocket. He has a really good sense for like where the ball needs to be, and when. You, you have a wide receiver room like as young and deep as ours. You would think that like a five year contract with Russell Wilson would be like basically exactly what this program would need. But I think like last year we treated him on the line basically the same way Seattle was before he left there, which is like I think pretty clearly not how you get success out of this quarterback. And uh, especially as he gets older and cockier, um, I think it's going to be important to. Shift him into it, it's interesting, like to make another Peyton Manning comparison. In his last couple of years in Indiana, he was very, um, he was like doing a lot of kind of risky stuff, going for the QB sneak sometimes, um, which was like not directly what led to him getting hurt, but like he was getting like pretty beat up going for like the sneak or staying in the pocket, going for some like really like sneaky, uh, like options and stuff like that. But and then once. He moved out to Denver, just became a very fundamental, like, old-school lobbying QB, sort of the way that they were playing Tom Brady at the time in New England. And I think that, like, that worked very well. And I don't think that we've ever, you know, like, there's so many quarterbacks in the league right now who are playing this new Renaissance man style. But I there is a place for, like, an old-school, like, just yards QB. Yeah. And, the and, right play audible yeah. into the right set. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that Russ like had the brain for that at one point. So I, I want to believe that all these things could come together. Um, but on top of that, like you, you know, better than most fans that this is the toughest decision, the toughest division to grow up in. Like, yep. It, it's, it's like, you always are staring down two games with Kansas City. You have yep. the other, like the all three of us are perennial rebuilders, never really looking to tank, like always sort of scrapping together some some sort of direction. So it's it's like it's very hard to get three out of six in our division, let alone like the schedules that we get put against um, outside of that. So I think like that is going to continue to be something that plagues 
the Broncos, especially like with how much we've seen uh, Las Vegas moving pieces around this offseason to try and re-enter that race themselves, and with the Chiefs unfortunately returning as a reigning Super Bowl champion, which is a fact that I try to block out of my head as much as I can. <laughs> I know. Me too. Uh, so that's that's I guess my thoughts on the Broncos. How are you guys feeling about your team? Certainly, I'm I'm guessing much more optimistic. You're wearing hats, and I'm not. So <laughs> we are wearing hats. That is true. Yeah. I feel good about uh, my LA Chargers. I mean, I mean, we've always, like you said, we're gonna have to deal with Daddy Mahomes in the division. You know, <laughs> he's he's gonna beat us at least twice. So hopefully it's not in the playoffs. One of those losses, <laughs> um, but I I like our team. I mean, we, we drafted Quinn Johnson, uh, Isaiah Spiller. It's year two. We got Eric Hendricks. We resigned Guyton. So we have some. We made some decent moves. Bolstered the O line a little bit. We're returning almost everybody. If you just took the names on paper, we'd be like an all star team. But we just cohesively, we just don't play that well together. So we'll see. I, I imagine we're going to be like an 11-win team, 12-win team, somewhere around there. I don't know. Four of these guys are going to get hurt like in the first week, and then we're yeah. just going to be the same old Chargers losing in the last two minutes every week. Yeah, Mike Williams is going to play maybe eight games video this games. year. In video games. <laughs> um, but you got to be excited at least about new OC, Lombardi out the door, Kellen Moore coming in because Cowboys got rid of Kellen Moore for scoring too many points. So uh, sure, and, I, I'm know, excited. I'm at least excited to see how Herbert looks playing in his offense. Yeah, and you got to love Kellen Moore. Any Boise State guy, from my perspective, is a, is a winner. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, should have been should have been FCS champion Kellen Moore, but we don't have to go into that. But I... Uh, <laughs> And you know you love a quarterback that or a a coach that is young enough that he can put the pads on himself. You know, Honestly, we lose yeah. both our guys, then we just go straight to the, you know, managerial. <laughs> I wonder staff. what the rules are on that. <laughs> That'd be interesting to see. But <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, last year I feel like Herbert. Well, a part of it was that rib injury he suffered in like week two, I think, and then he was playing through that all year. So that's all year. obviously not going to help with his play. But he was just checking down so much last year. I feel like they were l- really limiting him um, in a lot of facets of the game. And I, I just am excited because you would still see it like once or twice a game. He would make these incredible throws downfield. He's like, I don't think anybody else can make a throw like that. But besides that, it was a lot of uninspiring looking stuff. Um, so I'm excited to see how he looks with the new offense. Um. Let's talk about the Eagles, huh? The uh, the team that almost yeah, won a Super Bowl. The reigning um, NFC champions. So close. The reigning NFC champions. They it's just I, I keep thinking about the irony of it that Jalen Hurts played maybe the best uh, okay, Nick Foles has the best playoff performance of an Eagles quarterback ever. But the close second here from Jalen on the biggest stage, biggest game of his life. But he's also, I don't want to say he's the reason they lost because the defense allowed so many points, but he had that fumble in the uh, second half that got returned yeah. for a touchdown for the Chiefs. So just think about how different things might have been if he hadn't dropped the ball there. But obviously, super excited about this team, super excited about the 
the huge deal that Jalen just got this offseason for a couple of days there he was the highest paid player in NFL history before <laughs> Lamar signed his contract um but I, I'm just really proud of the growth that we've seen from him the um commitment that we're seeing from the team to him because before this past year it seemed like he was having to try out still for the job it seemed like they were still they still had wandering eyes looking other way is where looking for other places they could find a quarterback and in fact i wanted to talk about this they had a they had a deal lined up with the seahawks last offseason to trade for russell wilson and russell wilson and russell wilson said no so just the butterfly effect from that like what would this season of the eagles had looked like had that happened um that in addition to they were also going to sign Allen robinson before the rams scooped him up um, and when that didn't happen, they ended up making that trade for AJ Brown. So, wow. yeah, Howie Roseman last year had an incredible off season, but he almost had the worst off season of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's really crazy to think how like little things like that affect the future so greatly. Yeah, sure. I, how you feel about the running back situation with Miles Sanders gone? Yeah, I. I'm going to miss Miles Sanders mostly because he was a Penn State guy. So it was cool that he got drafted to the Eagles um, and got to continue rooting for him. I like him as a guy. But I mean, he, I feel like the guys that we've got in the running back room now are way cheaper. Like, I think Miles Sanders is going to make like over $10 million this year. And then the combination of like, DeAndre Swift, who I still believe in a lot, if he can stay healthy. Rashad Penny, another guy, if he can stay healthy, he's an incredible runner. Um, and then Kenny Gainwell and the giant killer Boston Scott. I think the combination of all those guys together are making like two million this year. So wow. <clears throat> it's really just like cap management there. Again, yeah. another savvy move by Howie. But on a personal level, it will be weird uh, seeing Miles Sanders on another team. I think um, the fact that like uh, Jason Kelsey chose not to retire, like obviously, sort of seems like a no-brainer, but really speaks to the fact that there is a lot of energy in this program to get mm-hmm. it done next year. Like they aren't really looking at this as being a bust. It, it seems like they're doing a lot of work to keep the core together, and like I've just been kind of passively keeping an eye on the Eagles offseason and even like moves with. Guys whose names I weren't, I wasn't very familiar with. It seems like a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, the, this front office is continuing to like patch up some of the little weaknesses we had last year." So I, I think like, I, I expect the Eagles to return as being a threat in the NFC this next year. Um, I think that there, there might be a few other teams to watch out for, but none are. And like I don't, I don't know. None have given me off season where I'm like, oh, absolutely. Like this is what it's going to take for this team to to take the Eagles' spot away in the Super Bowl next year. So I think like San Francisco, I expect to continue to like trend in a good direction, just because they seem to always be trending in a good direction somehow. Um, but outside of that, I mean, there's not like I like. A lot of the teams that we've seen in the last few years try to be upstart NFC programs are sort of in a rebuilding phase out of nowhere, like the Rams and the Cardinals. And um, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. The the 49ers are obviously the biggest worry. If Brock Purdy is actually a dude, then that's going to be a scary team just because of what they've been able to accomplish with non-dudes at the quarterback position. Right. 
Um, and then after that in the NFC, who's the biggest worry? Honestly, I mean, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx anything here. The Cowboys, like, yeah. sure, they might have a really good regular season, but am, are we going to lose to the Cowboys in the playoffs? I don't Pretty think so. Retired. <laughs> they haven't been real this time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, even if he unretires, he's going to play for the Raiders. So it's like, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, the Vikings were frauds last year. That was a fraud 13 win team. That was the only team I could that. think of. I, I, mean, I would like to believe that they could, that they could pull it together. But yeah, they just like frauded out so hard in the playoffs that it's yeah. like, I'm a, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little pessimistic right now. They won 13 games. Nine of those wins were. One score games, I'm pretty sure. This, this so. conference it seems like an easy conference to trip into 13 wins again for the for that team next year. Like I, I could certainly Maybe. see them like having a deep deeper playoff run, but yeah, I, I still don't think that they would be able to like challenge the Eagles for the yeah the conference. Let's, let's throw a wild card. Everybody pick a wild card because there's going to be a random team in the NFC that just has 12, 13, 14 wins for no reason. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'm going Detroit. God, I mean, everybody wants it to be Detroit, right? Yeah, (laughs) I'd love for it to be Detroit. And I'm almost getting a little worried just because of how much pop they're getting that everybody's just expecting them to step in. They're the betting favorite to win the NFC North. Okay, I'll I'll give Detroit to Jacob if you want him. No, you can talk about them. That's fine. Go for oh, it. I'll, well, you, I'll talk about no, you, you can were, take you, them, and I could go Atlanta. Is the only Atlanta? The only I'm kind of thinking. I think Atlanta. I, I like a lot of the moves they made this off season, especially a lot of the uh, defensive additions they've made. They've really bolstered that defense a lot. I just don't trust in Desmond Ritter to be an NFL quarterback at all. So that's the only like thing holding me back from wanting to get on the Atlanta bandwagon. Um, and it sucks yeah. as a Kyle Pitts dynasty owner, he's going to be catching calls from, from Desmond Taylor Ritter this year. Taylor Heineke. True. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, if that's your, that's your I best case scenario. It's not, not the, <laughs> I feel this Atlanta is a team that I feel like should have traded for Ryan Tannehill already. I feel like he'd be such a perfect fit. Oh. What a transition by you, Drew. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, talking about the Titans here? Is that what we're about to do? Yeah, let's talk about the Titans. Let's talk I, about the Titans. I think if you're a Titans fan, you have to be like burnt TF out at this point because <laughs> like the, the pendulum is swinging hard back in the AFC's favor and all of these new powerhouses are starting to emerge and like are putting together these really exciting programs and Jacksonville is in that mix and you just have to wonder like how Tennessee has completely fumbled their like position as a perennial favorite in the AFC for the last like four or five years like maybe out of every team that has been uh, like a a playoff regular during like the like the last four or five years the Titans have been like far and away the the least efficient with like converting on that success that they've that they've created for themselves um sure this next year it's it's yeah it's gonna be a defining year for the titans we're gonna see what this franchise is made of because they have two roads really and i think a lot of it comes down to d hop here okay they can either start tanking away and you know see how the rookie is and you know, try and keep building the defense as it is, but they're getting Harold Landry back. They still have a good defense aside from the secondary and other than Kevin Byard. And they have a chance though, to have 
DeAndre Hopkins, a top five wide receiver on one side, Traylon Burks, one of the best young receivers on the other side, Chiga Kongwo, who could be one of the best young tight ends in the league. And then behind all that is Derrick Henry and a booster to line. So they could be surprisingly good this year. And I think they'll be better than Jacksonville. And I think they're really undervalued right now. I think that's a big if, though, for them to sign DeAndre Hopkins, because if they don't sign DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, they have Burks and Aconquo, who are two guys that I'm excited about that I think could be really good. But after that, and Henry, obviously, who's getting older. I mean, he wasn't as effective last year as he's been in the past. But behind mm-hmm. those guys, it's like literally nothing. It's like Kyle Phillips, yep. Westbrook Akine. It's yep. like, if they don't make a big move in that wide receiver room this offense kind of just seems like it's going to be doomed um and i don't know if they'll ever outright tank because I, that's not something i can really see mike Vrabel doing um but i don't i don't know man i i, mean, I would like that... to i'd like to see them make a move and actually do well but i don't know if it's gonna happen doesn't henry's contract like go up next summer so it seems to me like unless i'm wrong about that that if they are going to tank this year, it would have to start with moving him while you still mm-hmm. own that contract, like for some meaningful capital, like ASAP. Because, like, if you're not going, because, like, the Titans do have like two rows ahead of them, and one is like convince Derrick Henry that this is a franchise that he can like stick around with, or just like and admit that they have wasted his potential and get rid of him while they still own his contract. I don't know. It seems like that is definitely like the big question mark for me right now for this team. Yeah. And they drafted Spears. So they got a nice, you know, back to go behind him, but this, it, I mean, he has a chance to be the best player in franchise history. So I don't know. That has to be something he thinks about. I don't know. He can be the best player in franchise history for half the teams in the NFL right now. Like he's he's at the age where he doesn't have to like he doesn't have to die in a Titans jersey. I think I think that there are a lot of teams that would completely evolve with. I mean, imagine like the the 49ers with Derrick Henry or um, the or Eagles who the almost Eagles, tra- who apparently who, were, who about apparently to were, trade were for trying him. to trade for him. Yeah. During this off season. I think that like th- those are two programs that immediately stand out to me as like as contenders. I mean, I'd, I'd like to even imagine that like if we're going to move Melvin or if Javante is going to end up blowing out that like that would be a kind of move that we could make for ourselves. Like I think like these high market teams would would have a lot of interest in that player and like the Titans would certainly be doing themselves a disservice by not taking advantage of that if they don't think that they can contend next year um but you know they've I, they've misused every year of his potential up until this point so why, why not one more you know yeah and honestly i think they think that they can contend because I mean they were what one game away from making the playoffs last year if they beat Jacksonville in that game they were I think they were like seven and two after the first nine games last year so yeah it's not hard to like see them thinking like hey we could actually still you know make a run for it this year it's just so hard to see with uh, Ryan Tannehill being another year older I'm not a huge believer in Will Levis either I obviously we'll have to see, but that's a guy that started at Penn State and couldn't beat out Sean Clifford, who 
was not like it was not it i just had to yeah. finish watching like four years of sean clifford playing quarterback and if you couldn't beat him out then i don't know why you're being hyped up as like a top five quarterback in the draft um but we'll see i yeah, we'll see we've there's been guys that have been you know not successful in college or their first That's true. In college i mean obviously brady drafted in the sixth round he shared time when he was at michigan with another quarterback whose name i can't remember right now but could happen. I think um, Jacksonville's like is going to be a much bigger problem for the Titans this year than they were last year. They were they finished like seven and one or something like that themselves, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Kind and, of like the inverse season. Yeah, and um, you know we saw like just. Over the whole year, I think that their like coaching situation finally started smoothing out. It looked like Trevor Lawrence started feeling like more and more confident in the playbook that they're running for that team now. And then this offseason, they acquired Calvin Ridley, who is like the most exciting piece, like being added to the NFL for me next year. Really, more like returning, but just like really excited to see him back from this unbelievable punishment and on this like young and hungry team as well. I think like, I think that it's going to be a really exciting pairing to watch. And, um, J- Jacksonville is like over or under is being set at like 12 and a half or something like that. Holy right now. cow. But, yeah. 12 and that, a half. Okay. If that's the case, I think that's taking it a little too far. I'd probably take the under on that, but I've got some optimism about it. Jacksonville as well. Um, Calvin Ridley is a guy that I would really like to see come back and succeed. We'll see because it's been so long since football. Really young wide receiver. He's 29 years old, which was just crazy to me when I found that. Ten out. and a half. My bad. I don't know where. Ten I and a half. Part. Okay. Ten and a half is more believable. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Yeah. I think I think that there's a lot of, of excitement um, with that team. the The thing is though is that like. The Chiefs will continue to, like, are not going anywhere as a, like, perennial dominant force in this conference. I think that the Ravens want to believe that they've finally smoothed things out and that this next season is going to work for them. I don't know that I have the faith of that myself, but it definitely seems like there's a lot of energy building in the AFC right now. Um, and It's going to be, you know, just like we were saying earlier, like, that's going to be a problem facing the Chargers or the Broncos trying to become recompetitive. That's going to be a problem that like the 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 Jags face as they try to grow up a little bit more in this division and in this conference as well. If the Titans try to find their footing, it's going to be a problem. There's just like it's going to be a very stacked and difficult roster for all these teams in this conference. So I mean, not roster uh, <laughs> schedule for all the teams in this conference. So yeah, um, definitely curious to see. Who ends up coming out on top? If I were to pick like a wild card AFC team for the playoffs, I think that the Raiders would like to believe that that's gonna be them, and I would like to believe that it's gonna be us. And if it's not going to be an AFC West program, then um, I am honestly a little bit curious about the Steelers. After last year, they like are just always there. It seems like in the playoffs, and this last year seemed like the year that Mike Tomlin would lose his, like, 500 every season record. But nope, uh, even with that mess of a season, they were still able to, like, find more wins than losses. So I just have to expect that um, they, that they're going to have a productive offseason because that program just seems 
ever present in this conference. Real quick, I was. Not gonna break the streak this year if he didn't break it last year. Wait, can you repeat that, you chunk? Yeah, I said while we were on the Steelers, real quick. Uh, I feel like I had to look up the over under for them. It's sitting sitting right at eight and a half. You got to bang the over on that because Mike Tomlin's not gonna lose the streak this year. No shot. <laughs> lose it last year. Yeah, bang that one for sure. Yeah, that's an easy easy one right there. Um, speaking of like drafting uh, betting odds, I should have brought this up during the finals, but I saw something that said that um, Jokic had something like minus twelve hundred odds to lead in assists for the finals, and Jamal Murray ended up leading in assists. And they said that like a seven hundred bet would have seven hundred dollar bet would have returned a million dollars on Jamal Murray in the finals as the assist. Wow! <laughs> Hop in my time machine real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and hindsight to the list. <laughs> unbelievable. I like you might as well put the odds on the second person anyway. If they're gonna give a person in a stat leading category, like Wimby is the first draft odds. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you only see stuff like that on Reddit where a guy throws like a hundred thousand on like my entire life savings on you know yeah. the, the Spurs losing tonight or <laughs> <laughs> I remember last year there was this big controversy on Reddit that somebody thought that the Jaren that Jaron Jackson Jr.'s depoy candidacy was like the scorekeeper for the Grizzlies, like was changing how many blocks and steals he was getting at home because he was getting like way too many in Memphis, like way more than he gets on the road. Um but I think he just gets all of his blocks and steals in Memphis. Kind of a weird case, it looked like. Yeah, no, I heard about that too. Would have been funny if it was the scorekeeper. Could throw a couple extra in there, you know, just throw a block in. I mean, in our Hershey game a couple weeks ago, threw a couple fouls on me, so could happen oh to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> just put like three blocks on the score sheet. Nobody's going to notice. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about um, the teams that we are interested in outside of our own teams? Yeah, I was going to say while we're in the AFC, I want to talk a little bit about the AFC East because it seems like some more powerhouses brewing in there. And that was one of the teams that or the team that you wanted to talk about is in the AFC sure. East. So pass it off to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about uh, the Jets. So I am I'm very curious about this team. This seems like sort of the the big question mark of this offseason for me right now, like a they're taking a big swing that I'm really excited about because I would say that the Jets are notoriously uh, lame when it comes to the the swings that they take as a franchise. So I, I think like seeing them make these moves is very exciting. And even if it does bust, um, they've been a bottom five team every year. We've made this podcast anyway, so who cares? You might as well bust with Aaron Rodgers. I think um, the, the rumors that we've been hearing is that Rodgers is basically in charge of this program, you know, go figure. <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm not surprised at all that that's what's happening there. Um, it, he has been, like, implementing the playbook that he likes to run. He's been, like, calling most of the plays, like, during practice, getting everybody familiar with the offense that he likes to run, which I think is, like, 
if any program needs to be in having a relationship with that like that with their quarterback right now, it's certainly the Jets after acquiring Rodgers because they just have perennially not had like a quarterback who's a true leader for their team. They've had all these young guys who like want to be that guy and who work hard and um like seem to like kind of have been finding what they're good at. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's a two time MVP. He's good at so many different things. He's very versatile on the field. I think that like with all of the draft capital that the Jets have been collecting, like for the last few years, the way that they've been spending it, their drafts, like as far as I can tell, have been like graded at worst, like B plus, basically for the last four years. So basically, everyone thinks that they've been spending all of these picks that they've been acquiring, like really well. Um, and they made a move for Hackett as OC, and obviously, I think like. Hackett's going to be seen as kind of a stinky character for most people after this uh, unfortunate stint that he had in Denver. But the dude got the job in Denver because of how successful being Aaron Rodgers OC he was in um, Green Bay, delivering a Super Bowl at one point. I believe he was there for that, but also delivering both of the MVP seasons. So uh, with that, you also have to remember that they had both the offensive and defensive rookie of the year last year with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. Um, and on top of that, they have Brees Hall, Alan Lazard, uh, MH Jr., like all these players who we've seen flashes of greatness from who just have not been receiving the ball from a two-time MVP-level player yet in their career. So I think, like, this team is in permanent limbo. Rodgers is by far the weirdest player to trust your franchise with of like the players who you could trust your franchise with in the league. And I understand it's kind of a complicated accolade, but I think you get what I like of the team leaders. He's definitely the most eccentric one that the league has right now. So I think that that like adds to the chaos of this investment to me a little bit. Um, and then on top of that, like Drew mentioned, you're in the AFC East, which is, I think, like the best division in football right now. We have the Bills continuously being like the, a second place contender in the AFC right now behind the Chiefs. We have the Dolphins who have put together this really exciting wide receiver room um, for Tua, who seems dead set and on dying on the field. And the Patriots just <laughs> never really be counted out. So I, I think that the fact that they're going to be playing you know, against these three teams, like, is another, like, huge question mark. I love that this team is at nine and a half over under for wins because it's, like, this is the most, like, could this be a, a double-digit win team that I've seen in the NFL in a long time. And I think that they could be a four-win team. I think they could be a 14-win team. I really I don't know what to expect. I personally am leaning towards the over because I think that they have a lot of exciting things and Rodgers has just not busted yet. So I don't know like why he would. Um, they have the they have tools equal to 2021 Green Bay on this program, I feel like. He was able to perform fine without Devontae Adams. So I, I think that... Um, there is some hope for the Jets right now. I, I may be pushing like a fifth or sixth seed. It's going to be tough for them to take this division away from the Bills, in my opinion. But I can see them splitting the series. Um, I think they're going to be <laughs> yeah, good. <that's> I, <laughs> I think they're going to be good. I I think Rodgers still has a little bit in the tank. And 
you know, he probably wants to be the the older guy in the room that kind of, you know, demands respect right away walking in. Everybody's walking in like, oh, well, we got, you know, the two-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers now. So, you know, they're instantly a contender, I think. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have made this move if they it wouldn't have made them at least look like a contender. Um, you could see it last year. Like, they were a really good team outside of the quarterback position, and that directly was the reason they lost a lot of their games that they did lose um, was because of core, poor quarterback play. So if if Rodgers is still that guy, is still able to play at the level that he played at when he won those back-to-back MVPs, um, then yeah, this is a contender for sure. But like Jacob said, I think it's going to be hard for them to um, outright win this division uh, with just the success we've seen the Bills have, at least in the regular season these past couple of years. Um, yeah, kind of a Joe Namath thing going on, though. I kind of like that with Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, a kind of Brett Favre thing, like literally just following his career tra- trajectory. So... Rodgers oh, yeah. is going to be here for a year, and then he's going to go play for the Vikings, who, I mean... the that makes uh, sense. I'm actually excited for Rodgers on the Vikings. <laughs> this, is Kirk, this is Kirk Cousins' last year on his contract, so next year we could be seeing Rodgers in the purple and gold. But, um, yeah, that will do it for Jets talk, I think. Um, enough Aaron Rodgers for me for the day. We talked about Brendan's other team that he wanted to hit. The Tennessee hey, Titans. Apparently, just about yeah. for some reason, so I'm gonna go get my other one. Okay. Heck yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. Ah. <laughs> Moving to the Bears. The Bears. Any any news on the uh, Zion front? Let me I don't see. Think so right, I'm not seeing anything trending really. Hmm. Grady, where'd Grady Dick go? What's his name? Grady Dick for Kansas. Oh, that's unfortunate for him. <laughs> you don't know about Grady Dick? He's the best shooter this year. I feel like he's, I've heard his name once. He's a whitey. Whitey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Let's go. I'll go. So with that, we're going to move into the team I wanted to talk about a little bit. I don't think this is going to be a playoff contender this year. It's going to be a couple years still, I think. But I'm really interested to see what the Bears look like this season. Um, Justin Fields really kind of came out onto the scene last year as one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL. Uh, he was putting up like games with two touchdown passes and 150 y- rushing yards left and right. And um, he was doing that without much weapons to speak of <laughs> on his team. And uh, as part of that trade where the Bears traded the number one pick to the Panthers, they received back DJ Moore, who I think is going to be the best receiver that Justin Fields has played with so far. And I'm interested to see if his career arc sort of mimics what uh, Josh Allen's looked like after he got Stefan Diggs or Jalen Hurts looked like last year after he got A.J. Brown. Uh, I don't think D.J. Moore is as like electric as either of those guys, but I think he is uh, like 
far and away better than what Justin Fields has been working with in the past. Um, so I'm exci- I'm excited to see if he can make that jump. I think he's a really good player, and I'm just really hoping to, hoping the Bears don't squander his talent. Yeah, I think um, that they have been like pretty not not necessarily like intentionally falling to the bottom or anything like that, but like have just been waiting for the right moment to like pull the trigger on this Justin Fields era for this team and like start uh as I guess like stop thinking like a poverty franchise because for the last few years we just have really not seen them going after things very aggressively. We've seen them get rid of some of their like most noteworthy players that they've had of the last few years. Um so like Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, Mitch you know. Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, he was a big out. I think that like the Bears are a franchise that has been capable of success in the past and is worth a lot more than like what we've seen from them in the last couple of years. And especially like when Fields first came onto the scene, it was like they were thinking like a poverty franchise and he was not playing very well and they had those like notoriously bad offensive games. But this last year he was consistently doing really good stuff even managed to be like i think like a top 10 fantasy quarterback like on like a bottom five program so i do think that they can like move in that direction very quickly certainly you would want to if you were this front office because justin fields isn't going to have this contract that they have with him right now forever so i i'm also curious about the bears i love this team i was I fell in love with him during the Cleo Mac days when we first started recording this podcast. Um, just in time for the double doink. <laughs> yeah, just in time for the double doink and then nothing but pain after that. So <laughs> I, I'm hoping uh, that things get better for them this year, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, if nothing else, should be a really good offensive year for the Bears because I, their defense... Um, I have in my notes. Looks pretty malnourished. I, I can name two <laughs> defensive players on the Bears. Um they both signed there this offseason. TJ Edwards was uh, one of the top linebackers in Philly, so that's why I know who that is. And then one of the Edmonds brothers, whoever it was that was in <laughs> Buffalo, signed with the Bears. That's literally the only two players I can name on the Bears' defense, and I feel yeah. like every other team in the league I can name definitely more than two. <laughs> but, right. Um Nothing else. It should be a lot of fantasy points for uh, Justin Fields this year. They should get into some shootouts. I think that this is going to be a, 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 an easy division for them to do well in. Like we also that we wanted to see the Lions succeed, and I know that I said uh, that I'm always hoping for the Vikings, but the Packers. You know, I'm I'm really not expecting anything out of the Jordan Love Packers next year. So I think. Um, that this could be a, a a good year for Chicago to sneak in as like an eight win division <laughs> division winner if 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 the cards end up getting played that way. So uh, we'll see. If you're expecting um, me to talk bears, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, no, but, okay. Bears, the uh, source oh, of uh, one of the the biggest names on your team's defense, Khalil Mack is with the Chargers now, right? Sure. Yeah, he was. Sure. Last year. <laughs> he was <laughs> is he back? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go Bears, I guess. Uh, <laughs> go Bears. 
Although, while we're on the NFC North, I do want to talk about, I think if Jordan Love is good, we really don't know, that the Packers are going to be a wild card team. Not necessarily they're going to make the playoffs. They could make the playoffs is what I'm saying. They're going to be a literal wild card because they've they've got great players on defense, notably drafted so many defensive players when Rodgers was there. Um, so they got a good looking defense and they've got some good young weapons on the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I think Christian Watson is going to be a good wide receiver in the league. And I think Romeo Dobbs, I'm hoping that he'll be good because I have him on my dynasty team. It seems like he's already developing some chemistry with Jordan love. So if the two of them are pretty good, I don't know. Uh, like we were just talking about this division seems like it could be open. So if it's not, if it's not the Lions, like we're all hoping, it seems like the whole country is hoping it's going to be the Lions. And if the Vikings truly are frauds, then I don't know. You could see, uh, could see some surprising things from the Packers. I think. If the Vikings are frauds, I, I would like for them to blow up very soon because the the main reason why. I have been so excited for them in the last couple of years is because they're holding on to like every exciting young offensive player that the, that the league has right now. And like, I am not really interested in watching JJ like blow out in the first couple rounds of the playoffs for his entire career. So I like, I would like to see the Vikings evolve this next season and if that doesn't happen then i hope that they have a going out of sale business and let these guys <laughs> like wear some other jerseys i mean we, they've kind of already started to blow it up they gave they just cut yeah. down cook for nothing that's true. so that is true i was surprised it makes no that. sense yeah it's weird no has there been any i haven't seen if there's been any news about where he's going yet Nothing like solid. I mean, it, it was first reported that uh, Miami and Denver were both very interested in signing him, but that didn't really seem to amount to anything as of yet. And then recently, apparently, he's been like retweeting Jets stuff on Twitter. So I feel like Jets could be a location. Really cool in all three of the <laughs> really great in all three <laughs> of the programs. Obviously, I would love to have him here, but if I was Dalvin Cook, I'd probably be trying to play for the Jets or Dolphins <laughs> personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right. then again, I mean, Sean Payton has some great history with running backs on his offenses, so. That's a good point. Could be a, a good selling point to get Dalvin Cook there. Yeah, okay. I, Alvin Kamara. You could be the next Alvin Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> you be the next Alvin Kamara six years into your <laughs> All right. Um, any other teams, or are we done with the NFL? I think we've exhausted our NFL talk for this episode, except I, I had a couple, I don't know if you guys saw this, I had a couple of possibilities for the next uh, um, NSSM football trip for 2023, if you guys are interested in going to another one. Oh, I like um, this. Yeah, so we got Eagles at Rams, October 8th, obviously, biased, want to see an Eagles game. We had a great time in LA, SoFi Stadium was awesome. And I think the Rams will be better this year, with at least on offense. They'll have all their pieces back, hopefully, so that wouldn't be a dud of a game. Um, Bills at Eagles. Would love to see a Bills game, obviously. Would love to see an Eagles game. I uh, don't yeah. know if either of you guys have been to Philly, but it's a good time. Uh, uh, go up yep, there and get some yep. cheesesteaks. Um, 
Eagles at Seahawks. Never been to Seattle. Seattle's a place. That's a good spot. Seahawks are are pretty cool. <laughs> Seahawks are uh, <laughs> a pretty good team. Um, My cousin Owen Smith came out last year. Okay. Yeah. Owen. Notable for making the best fantasy trade in the history of fantasy trades. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Broncos. Broncos at Dolphins. I oh, think. they were in Go Miami. Ahead. Yeah, and that's early in the season too, so it's still going to be very hot September 24th. Oh, um, we're going to get very hot. I've never been to never been to <laughs> never been to Miami, so I thought it would be kind of cool. Broncos are playing the Bills in Buffalo Monday See, Night Football. Now, this is my contender right here. Oh, I like this one. I actually like yeah. this one a lot. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, we don't get snowed in. It's a Monday night <laughs> game to miss yeah. an extra day of work. I'm trying to brew up a little New York trip later this year myself, and I'm thinking. Weekend in the city, and then we move upstate for Monday night. I mean, it's not, that sounds like the move to me personally. I think that is a a longer trip than what you were imagining, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Uh, regardless, even if if it was just a, a Buffalo trip, I think that'd be cool to be there the day before, watch all the Sunday games, and then get to go to the game the next night. Um, Broncos yeah. at Chargers, December tenth. The uh, Next season, sports media bowl. I want to with both of you guys there, and then I threw in at the end here, uh, Chargers at Raiders. It's a December Thursday night game. I would like to see a game Ooh. at the Raiders Stadium. Um, and then we get but, a weekend in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. What happens in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, those are the ones that I thought sounded interesting that I wanted to put. On the list. So, if you guys have any extra ideas or have any thoughts about any of those, you know, Broncos Bills sounds interesting to me. I hope I, I don't know if it'll be snowing yet uh, in November. 13th, yeah, I don't think it should be too bad. I, I hope it is. I hope it is. What's that? <laughs> I would hope that it. Or take a train, maybe. Subway. Oh wait. <laughs> but uh yeah i i like that one a lot too i think that'll be a fun option especially if the broncos are, are any good this year uh be a wow, fun, fun game to see hour train that's crazy i'd say yeah, bills that's what I'm eagles you, is my favorite bills eagles is my favorite november 26th yeah, i like that because we're in philly that would be my pick too, but obviously I'm biased, so I didn't want to let that uh, uh, rule. That one might actually collide better with the New York trip than Buffalo. Oh, absolutely! That's only like two hours versus eight <laughs> to get from New York to Buffalo. All right, word. Yeah, we'll think about it. Okay, good thinking. Good thinking. Let's yeah. talk about so. Let's talk about America's favorite pastime. <laughs> love that baseball brendan i know oh, you're really into baseball oh yeah yeah it's huge baseball huge. guy i've actually been like, getting a lot more into it this year i've had uh donnie to talk to another philly sports fan so that makes me want to pay more attention to the phillies um they've been a little underwhelming so far but not far off the pace that they were last year at this point and they ended up going to the world series so i don't know um 
Jacob and I had the pleasure of going to see a game uh, with Donnie. We went to Atlanta to see the Phillies play, play the Braves. It was my first, our first experience seeing a game with the pitch clock, and oh. it was awesome. It was so <laughs> great. It uh, the pitch clock really it, it it just made the whole viewing experience better being there. Yeah, I was surprised by how fast it was moving, but not in the like, oh man, I don't want this to be over. It was just like, yeah. It was exactly as long as I was hoping the game would be when we were getting there. I had, yeah, I thought that the shot, the pitch clock kept everything moving really nicely, and there was always something happening on the field, uh, but also like enough downtime for us to talk about every other sport and all sorts of other stuff. And I had a, I had a blast. It, <laughs> I, it's, it was a lot, first time that I've been to a baseball game in a long time, but um, yeah. I, I can see myself going again in the near future, maybe even this season, honestly. So. Yeah, Sam, I'd love to go to another one. Um, we, while we were there, we got, I don't know, I don't even remember what it was. It was some sort of like fried hot dog stadium food thing. And I asked the, the cashier, I was like, is this good? He was like, I don't know. I've never had that. I wouldn't want to eat that. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a great sign. Uh, but it that ended up being delicious. So <laughs> It was like a mashed potato corn. It was like corn dog, yes. but the, the batter was like fried mashed potatoes. It was, it was amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. But We also had these margaritas in the can. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a party for sure. Um, Drew... <laughs> It is perennially, or I mean, I keep using that word today. I don't know why. Drew is always an annoying away fan when I go to see games with him. Every <laughs> single time I've gone to a sports game with Drew, he's been an, anno- an okay, annoying. Okay, of course fan. you would think that for the Eagles game that we saw because <laughs> we were at Eagles at Broncos. So. But I I was able to enjoy it this time a lot more because we we lost that Bills at Titans game and. My Broncos lost that Eagles game. But finally, this time I was able to savor and Drew being the most annoying guy in the stadium. We got flipped <laughs> off like three times while we were leaving. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> the guy the guy in front of us at the game knew, or he went to high school with the Phillies player. So after he told us that, every time that player came up, I just started cheering like really loudly. He, he's an outfielder. He caught two of the outs in the ninth inning, so I was just going crazy when that happened, just to mess with him. But we were it was a really like, fun time. E to w, and this guy was uh, like, here's a letter I, and like flipped us off, and I was like, cool, dude. Cool. <laughs> At one point, they were all doing the like the tomahawk chop, and I was like, "What? It, where did this cheer come from?" And this Braves fan in front of us was like, "I'm not sure." <laughs> <laughs> so I had a blast. I was on my worst behavior. Uh, nothing, nothing like a baseball game. I see why it's America's pastime for sure. I want to. I want to get drafted now. I want to eat some cherry pie. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I would, if you haven't been to a game in a while, I would, I would recommend going. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Who who are the the best in the in the MLB at the moment? Who's running the table? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Um, I have no clue. I think the Braves are actually up there. I know they're in first yeah. in the NL East. Yeah, the. The whole AL East is above 500 still right now. I think the Ray, the Rays 
like tied the record for most consecutive wins to open a season. Uh, they've cooled off a little bit since then. Uh, the Orioles in that same division are actually having a really good year, which is cool because they have been bad for a really long time. Um, You're doing well so far. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought I thought the A's were kind of bouncing back at one point because they won seven games in a row, and then I went and checked their record. It was like 19 and 50. I was like, ah. Well, <laughs> that's a team that's about to move cities. Uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they're 1958 right now. Yeah, it was, it's rough out there in Oakland. Um, wow, the think. AL Central's best team is 38 and 38. It looks like they're killing it. Ooh, is that the Reds? The Twins. The Twins? I see. I, I didn't, the Twins are such a nothing team. Like, I forgot that was a team. <laughs> and. The NL Central's best team is the Reds. Oh, AL. Yeah, you said... I thought you said NL Central before. Yeah. yeah. The Reds have been on a tear. I think they've won like 11 straight. Um, I don't know. It's cool getting back into baseball because when I was younger, I used to get into it every summer. Um, sort of gone away from that as I've gotten older. But it also helps having someone that is into baseball to talk to. So Yeah. Else with any sport, for sure. Yeah. So, um, I guess I, I was going to briefly mention just since we're talking about every sport. Um, oh, wait, actually, so while we're on baseball, uh, there I saw a poll the other day that was asking MLB players if we were to expand what city do you think should get a new team. And Nashville received like 95% of the votes or something like that. Seemed far and away to be the number one choice for an MLB team. I was talking to our friend Blake, who lives in Nashville, and um, is kind of familiar with the going-ons of the sounds about that. And he was saying that he thought that that would create a really interesting situation for the sounds if Nashville were to expand into the MLB because it doesn't seem like the city would necessarily want to host both of those teams downtown. The Sounds don't really have a stadium built for an MLB team at the moment. Um, and also, like, and so, like, we were wondering if the, it would be a situation... Also, like, the Sounds just have a fan base in Nashville, so we were wondering if it would be a situation where they would try to somehow move that brand into the MLB or something like that, and if their stadium would just get destroyed and rebuilt. What, what do you guys think a situation... Like that would look like if Nashville were to enter the MLB. Well, I'll say that uh, they'll instantly make a fan in me, and I'll have a team to root for. So yeah, I was about to, that's what I, that was my first question. Is that gonna be enough to get you into baseball? Oh, I'd, <laughs> I'd be all right in, there. absolutely. <laughs> I, I know all the players. Yeah, absolutely. I just think I never got a good starting point uh, for baseball. I never had a team to really root for. Um. I, I would root for him. I'd go to a game. Go to a lot of games. That sounds like a lot of fun. It seems like a city that should have a baseball team. Nashville. It's already a yeah. destination city. Definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. do you guys think that they would try to capitalize on the on the goodwill of the sounds? I mean, they're not like you know a huge brand, but it is the type of thing that just like people I know in Nashville like that team. I think that they would be sad to see that brand go away. You would. Um, have at least a little bit of a starting base if you tried to convert on it um, moving into the MLB. 
Yeah, but there's just a level change. There's differences. Yeah, yeah I don't know how that would work with like the sounds being a minor league affiliate of another team. Like, would they just move like the the managers and the players all to another city and totally rebrand with what they have going on so that Nashville could keep, you know, the sounds. The I don't I don't know how that would work. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like a like a Cleveland and the Ravens situation all the way back when, like where the the Browns went to become the Ravens and then a whole new team just established themselves as the Browns. Yeah. Um, be interesting for sure. I'd love to see. Yeah, I'd love to see it happen. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they would put the stadium, especially with this construction they're about to undertake with building the Titans' new stadium. But yeah. uh, what's happening it. with um, the Titans' old stadium? I honestly have no clue. <laughs> maybe you can gonna... put an MLB stadium there. I feel like that maybe that's going to become parking for the new stadium. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. so so teams do kind of move around a little bit. Uh, they were affiliates for the Brewers and yeah. the Reds. So, or if I got that right, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. I remember when they were... Brewers uh, affiliates back in the day, and then I think we were just talking about it with Donnie recently, and that's when I learned they were the Reds affiliates. Now, well, there we go. Yeah, so I guess like it, it would just essentially be like the name and color palette and logo, and I I don't even know his name, but that mascot that used to go to all the schools would be like. <laughs> That would be what they'd be keeping essentially, and everything else would just move in the Reds affiliate. I mean, I guess like it would involve a deal of buying all of that brand stuff, like from the Reds. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I guess we really are out of our depth on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also just wanted to mention since we were talking about like every sport, um, this year has been like sort of a a really interesting one for esports. Um, there's been, I think, like a lot of people are starting to call this the the bubble popping officially. Um, it's just just like ever since I got into esports, the amount of money that has just been pumped into it by really shady <laughs> uh, <laughs> venture capitalists. Money has like. It made our contracts like worth more and more, and we franchised like way too early. And people just sort of thought that there was no way that esports would sustain at that level. And then COVID happened, and we like sort of had our big moment in the sun. And then like crypto happened, and like really just sort of came and devoured any hopes of remaining that esports had. Most of the like most popular brands lost huge amounts of money on crypto. Um, FTX, that program that like pretty notoriously like stole a bunch of money from people last fall, had spent three hundred million dollars on the name rights to the team TSM, which is like probably the biggest brand in esports. Um, and they were so they were like TSM FTX, and that contract was supposed to pay out over the course of like twelve years or something like that. And TSM like 
completely revalue now because uh, that money is just not going to come to happen. And there's a lot of other esports brands the same thing has happened with. And um, the the most the most noteworthy thing that I want to bring up to you guys is the LCS, which is the North American competitive league for League of Legends that I've been rooting for since 2013. Now, when it first launched, um, has always sort of awkwardly been in its growing stage like we we had a few years where we had a lot of viewership but then the viewership started teetering away and we've never been able to succeed internationally and riot has basically just given up on north american league of legends um and has been doing all these crazy moves and we actually saw a player walk out that almost got the whole season canceled a couple weeks ago where like uh i think it was the players association for the lcs voted 100% to shut down all operations and refuse to play and uh, Riot was essentially like, we'll just take away this league from you guys and the situation ended up sort of settling itself out but a lot of like really lame concessions had to be made and I think that like a lot of people are just looking at esports as <laughs> as being in the rear view mirror at this point as an investment and a lot of companies that like but a lot of that claims to be here for the long haul and like trying to create like permanent infrastructure, like are pulling out right now, like while they feel like they still can. Um, another like kind of noteworthy thing that's happened in the last year is Nintendo tried to like Trojan horse take over the esports scene for Smash Bros and started shutting down a bunch of tournaments that weren't working with them and weren't running their rule sets and letting them license the whole thing and it just seems like yeah i don't know just in general what was like two or three years ago like a lot of optimism in this space has turned into a lot of pessimism and i don't know if there's like like a springing off point for that but i just wanted like we never really cover esports stuff on this on our content i just wanted to lament that for a minute because i've been like watching this scene grow for a really long time and it seems like we had an opportunity to create something out of ourselves but i think that like just like so many other startup fun things right now like re just came in and like absolutely like ate us alive and just left a, a kind of a husk behind and i don't know it's sad to see That just means that whoever remains after all of this is going to be in the real ones, and they're going right. to they're going to build back game. stronger, <laughs> true gamers. And I think, think esports should be sports. So thank you, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, Smash has sort of like seen itself reverting back to um, like a locals based scene again, like just being about like small town scenes and power ranking the players in your cities and not necessarily focusing on throwing like giant events all the time and chasing like big contracts and stuff like that. And it's made me just sort of like remember what it was that I loved about competitive gaming in the first place. Like, cause I think that franchising made a lot of esports for the last few years about like, well, what does it look like to be, a sports league in America and can we emulate that at all? But that wasn't ever necessarily like what made esports special. Like what made it special was always like players who cared about this extremely accessible grind, like showing each other like 
who was on the cutting edge of like strategy and and uh, technical ability and all that jazz. So I, I hope that like that spirit can will will be able to exist still because it's not like ranked video games are going anywhere. I think we've seen a lot of examples of like streamers like putting a lot of money into esports in the last couple of years and they've all like pretty openly said like yeah I'm gonna lose all this money but I just like I like seeing these things happen and I think that like as a hobby it will always exist but maybe maybe it's necessary to stop being a business like for, for that for that to live on really so I don't know <clears throat> just my little esports thoughts yeah, that's interesting what you say with the streamers because it feels like they could like a hosted streamed event now is more popular than like an actual you know tournament that they've had for the past ten years or so. Yeah, so. that's where we've seen most of the success. Like the the only esports brand that's like profitable at the moment is Moist Esports, which was founded by Critical and Ludwig. I don't know if you guys know either of those names, but they're just like huge in the YouTube and Twitch space, and um, they like. Ironically, didn't even found it to be uh, profitable. They just like wanted to send players who they liked to tournaments and make sure that they had like accommodations and all that jazz. And just like that spirit has resulted in them building a huge fan base and selling a lot of jerseys and like getting really good ad revenue from their like yeah stream hosted events. And when you put a tournament on youtube.com slash Ludwig rather than like twitch.tv slash VG bootcamp or you know this right. like, whatever this this organization is like you're gonna like already access like a much bigger audience that they never really had an opportunity to access yeah. so maybe it like could even be like some new form of profitable in, in that in that realm but um, it remains to be seen I think that the era of like Mark Cuban types talking about esports is like behind us <laughs> at this point, which is may is maybe a very good thing. So we'll we'll see. Uh, any other thoughts around the sports world from either of you guys? Mm, I just want to drop in and go birds. You mentioned wearing the hat. I've noticed that about myself a lot. I wear a lot of eagle stuff uh, a lot of philly sports stuff but it's usually the eagles um would you guys say that your respective football teams are your number one fandoms it's funny my girlfriend was asking me this yesterday because she said like that the nuggets were my favorite team and if somebody asked she would know that answer and i was like well no you've just been here for like <laughs> for the good part of that i i said that the like my top five would be like the broncos Cloud Nine, the Nuggets, the Bills, and then Golden Guardians, which is the Golden State Warriors esports program. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got to be the Chargers. That's definitely the, the brand I wear the most yeah. would be the Chargers. Yeah. I will say, I have this Cloud Nine tattoo, but um, I didn't think that my drunk friend would be able to do a Broncos logo. So. <laughs> you should have <laughs> let him. <laughs> I, I want to get, like, all, like, every team that I support even a little bit. I want to have, like, 12 stick and poke, like, team logos. Just get Jokic's head yes, on your <laughs> 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 Uh 
Uh, all right. With that being said, are we ready to move on to the breakfast food draft, y'all? Yeah. Okay, Let's we're gonna it. keep we're gonna keep this concise. Keep your answers pretty concise and your reactions to other picks pretty concise. That way, if we want right. to throw this in a TikTok, uh, we'll be able to put it in for a minute or two minutes here. Okay. Absolutely. We're gonna have a five round draft here. There are three of us, and we're gonna do do a snake draft. Okay. okay. Um, okay. Does anyone want the number one pick like so badly? Um. Here, uh, just give me oh, no, 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 no. Both of you give me a number <laughs> one to three. Okay, I'm gonna pick three. Okay. Three is the number one pick. So we'll go. Who said three? Brendan. I did. Okay, so we're go, we'll go. Brendan, Jacob, me. All right. Okay. Okay. With the first pick in the breakfast food draft. I select bacon as my oh, number okay. one pick. Okay. I don't hate it. Not my number one pick, but I respect it for sure. This was going to be my number one because I felt like there was no way it would live very long. I'm gonna yeah, have no. to go. I'm gonna have to go with a, like a main event. Um, so with, with the number two pick, I am going to be selecting waffles. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm heartbroken. Waffles <laughs> was gonna be my number one. Um, I think bacon probably will get would get more votes if you put that out there in a poll. But waffles are just everything about what makes breakfast special to me. So I'm really heartbroken that you just took waffles. <laughs> I'm at the turn here. I'm gonna go with my first pick. I'll go with. Uh, a cousin of the waffle it's a classic it's delicious in so many different scenarios pancakes are great i'm going with pancakes oh whatever (laughs) everybody loves pancakes (laughs) no shot no shot i was gonna no they weren't getting past me pancakes were getting past me there's no chance you were gonna let you know the chance to get pancakes and bacon slide past (laughs) you so I got my main event. There's a couple different ways I thought about doing this, like either building out a perfect breakfast or just picking the breakfast items that I really enjoy the most. I guess I'm going to kind of go for a combination of those two methods here. I'm going to go with sausage because I never, I wasn't a huge fan of sausage before, but then Logan prefers sausage. Logan, my wife for the listeners. And um, I've had it more over the past few years. I've, I've grown to really enjoy a good breakfast sausage. So I got pancakes and sausage here. Good pick. I think Thank I'm just going to go for strength of roster here, even if it's not, not necessarily a, a standout favorite of mine. I'm going to take eggs. I think the eggs are a necessary, <laughs> been killed. <laughs> a necessary component of breakfast. Yeah. And it's versatile enough that I've I found it to... I've grown on the egg as I've gotten older. Nowadays, I'm I'm all about the over medium. I like I like a gushy mm. little yolk. I do and like the over medium. Your whole plate gets a little yolk on it. That, that's some good stuff right there. Yeah. So. That's a good pick. I think it's the right pick. Uh, I'm mm. up at the turn here, and <laughs> I think with my first one, I'm gonna go hash browns. Okay. And then with my second pick. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a flyer here. This is unexpected. I'm gonna go orange juice early okay. in the third okay. round. Okay. Uh oh, <laughs> makes me a little nervous. Okay. 
I think Drew's a little nervous because he knows that coffee is gone. I'm gonna okay. Coffee yep. Here. yep. Yep. I That's I was rough. wondering if if beverages counted um, because coffee would have been a first round contender for me if I was the first pick. I think that that would have been the only thing I would have taken over bacon. Um, sometimes the only breakfast I have, not to be a white girl on Twitter, <laughs> but um, do love some coffee. Yeah, uh, coffee was definitely up there for me, but it actually was not my number one drink. My number one drink, if you know me, was going to be chocolate milk is just incredible. And maybe not just a breakfast thing, but it is famously a breakfast option for a drink. So I've got pancakes, sausage, chocolate milk. We are uh, we're thinning out the list here, fellas. Um, this is I'm going to take another main because there's another pick that I want. I don't think either of you are going to take it. I think I could get it in the fifth round. So I'm going to go with French toast here at the beginning oh. of the fourth round. I feel like that's kind of a steal. That's that's solid. I, I'm honestly not a huge French toast guy myself, so I was wondering where that was going to go. I'm also going for another main here. I noticed that protein, I think, is the other thing I'm missing at this point, but I, I'm going for uh, a, a little bit of a surprise in the in the fifth round. So I think I'm going to... Go ahead and pick up biscuits and gravy right now as oh, my okay. main southern mm. classic. Another versatile option. I think it will go well. It, it's a good side, but you can also eat way too much of it and turn it into a main. Especially when you get that good, like some good sawmill gravy. I, I hate to like add sausage into this because it almost seems like cheating. But when you get like some sausage gravy, yeah, ain't no, no sausage in your gravy. You get just gravy. Get out of here. <laughs> I've got all the sausage. No, that's a good pick. Even without sausage, it's still a good pick. Yeah. All right, so I have the turn, the 4-5 turn going into the last pick. For my fourth round pick, I'm going to go cereal. Okay. Mm. I think this is kind of a good spot for cereal. I think this is around where it's valued. <laughs> and then for my last pick, I'm going to go breakfast ham. Mm. Okay. The country ham, like fried ham, country breakfast. Ham. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like a country ham. See, I'm also going for a little bit of a... An oddball protein pick here. Catfish for me is my favorite catfish. breakfast meat. Breakfast I, I, catfish. Fried catfish Oof. in the morning. Every time Oof. I go out for breakfast, you can get it on a biscuit. You can get it. At, you can get like the sawmill boy breakfast at Cracker Barrel. There's all sorts of great. This options. has been the Fried most. Catfish. Southern thing you've ever said. <laughs> just, just throw the whole draft away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna be between me and Brendan. It's gonna be between me and Brendan here. Yeah, catfish, eggs, biscuits, and gravy. Catfish and coffee. I could, I could find twenty people in my life who would say that I knocked this draft out of the park. Waffles, yeah, waffles is gonna help you a lot. I don't know if it's gonna be able to get over catfish. I don't know, um, but. My last pick, it made it to me. I figured it would. I like a good corned beef hash. I don't know if you guys have had a lot of corned beef hash. It's delicious. Um, if you if you get the right one. There's some gross ones out there that are kind of just like dog food. But if you get a good corned beef hash, it's it's delicious. You get it crispy. You get it's a good savory, salty flavor. Oh okay. the corned beef hash. Good. Um yeah. Jacob, what was we your team? Upgraded graphic. My my team was eggs, waffles, coffee. And this is out of order. Waffle, <laughs> eggs, coffee, biscuits, and gravy, catfish. Those first four picks are strong. <laughs> yeah, man, you had it going, and then you're catfish. <laughs> I picked my favorite breakfast food in the fifth round. That's fair. Uh, That's right. You stayed true to yourself. 
Yeah. Oh, are there any big ones we missed? Did we miss any items from the pressure of drafting? That's a good question. Oatmeal? I thought it was full into cereal. Hmm? No, nah, it doesn't. It's kind of like oatmeal, but with chocolate in it. It's like a like a chocolate porridge. We used to like have cream of time. wheat, but chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it went hard. I had this box that had like a picture of a kid eating it, and he had a box of it, and then that box had a picture of the box on it, and that like blew my mind when I was younger. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had to All right. <laughs> All right, fellas. Toast. We, we, we miss toast. 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 Oh, I got. Monty Francais. Oh man. <laughs> All right, fellas. It's been about the <laughs> two hours. It's been about two hours, so I think it's about time we wrap this first ever episode of the Good NFLs Podcast up. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to get out into the metaverse, as it were, before yeah, see, we wrap it up? The Spider Verse. Um, mm. Speaking of verses, yeah, tickle the child within yourself and see this movie, and <laughs> <laughs> and and make sure to choose Barbie and not Oppenheimer on July twenty first. You can only make one. No, movie. wrong. Make sure to choose. Uh... Barbie. Not I don't know. I think Oppenheimer and IMAX. I think I see Oppenheimer first. <laughs> yeah. But uh, poor K no los dos. See them both. <laughs> We're going to have a movie corner later this summer on good uh, NBA oh, podcast. <laughs> Jacob will come on there. We'll talk about one of those two movies. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll see both probably, honestly, even though I only want to see Barbie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that wraps up this episode of uh, the Good NFLs podcast. Um, thank you guys for for hopping on. This was definitely the first day that we planned to do this. We got it done on yeah. Thursday. Oh so yeah, we got it. Good job to us. First try. <laughs> thank you everybody for listening. And I don't know. Maybe we'll do something like this again before the off seasons and for both of our squads here. So I think there's a good possibility of that. All right. Absolutely. Well, I have to bounce. Um, <laughs> so I hope that you all enjoyed listening. Make sure to tune back in in the future. Check our feeds and or vlog. <laughs> That'll be it. That's going to be it. Oh, my God. I have to pee so bad. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.